0: Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. Selling a piece of jewelry like an engagement ring or wedding set can be a nightmare, but Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to work with you and for you to get the best deal on your piece. And if you're thinking it's not worth the hassle, Remember that your diamond engagement ring can be the financial asset that allows you to embrace that fresh start after divorce. Worthy helps you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get a $100 gift card when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. For this episode, we're talking about parenting plans. That's the document that most courts require divorcing parents to have. It spells out how you and your child's other parent will work together raising your child. In my experience, people immediately think that just means parenting time schedule And then as we start talking, they start to understand that it is so much more. Holidays, special occasions, sick care, business trips, vacations, overseas travel, health insurance, medical expenses. And then there are a whole load of things to cover about extracurricular activities and those expenses. And the more we talk, the more my clients realize there is so much to cover. So how do you know what to put in your parenting plan and what to leave out? Well, joining us today is Dr. Dina Stasa. Dina is the director and facilitator of the High Conflict Intervention and Co-Parenting Program. Dr. Dina teaches skills and strategies and scripts to help both parents and children get out of the middle of the conflict. And having a good parenting plan can be a solid foundation for avoiding conflict Welcome, Dr. Dina. Thank you. Good to be here. I'm so glad you're able to join us for this topic. So, I just said having a good parenting plan will help to avoid conflict in the future. Feel free to disagree (laughs) with me on that. But to get to a good, my thought there is that to get to a good parenting plan, you have to talk about all of these issues while you're getting divorced. So, you get everything out on the table about how you're going to function
1: as two separate houses. Correct. Yep. And I do agree with you. As a matter of fact, because I work with people in conflict, what I've learned is the tighter and more detailed the co-parenting plan is, the less conflict. And for that reason, it's important that parents have a variety of different things in the parenting plan. And the more conflict they have, the more issues they need to solve on paper. So that they don't have to talk to each other and then fight. So,
0: but there's a fine line, isn't there, in terms of putting so much detail, having enough detail in the plan that it covers everything you need it to, and then having putting so much detail in it that it becomes something that you can't work with, and people like refer back and then find, well, this paragraph conflicts with this one, and da 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 da. da. Exactly. Yeah. How do you balance
1: that? Well, okay, look at the level of conflict first. So somebody who's a couple that they can just get along, they don't love each other anymore, they don't want to live together, or maybe they were never married and they're not living in the same households, they need to have a parenting plan that defines the basics. So who is in charge of the children? When does their time begin? When does their time end? So for example, one of the big questions is when a parent drops a child off at school, does their time begin or end at the drop off or does it end when the other parent picks them up? Who's in charge of those school hours? So that's something that all parents should define. But we've done, my husband is a family law specialist attorney. And so together we've done a lot of mediations for people that can work together. And we have four pages for a parenting plan. And it's pretty simple, and you can say yes and add more detail or no, which means we'll work it out together. So depending on the level of the people's ability to communicate is how much you need to have. However, as you mentioned earlier, you need to have something in writing for the court to have a child sharing plan as part of that court order, part of the divorce decree or part of the parenting paternity agreement. So we cover in ours are the who's going to have primary custody time-wise, physically and legally. So is it going to be both parents? Is it going to be equally shared? Is one parent going to get 51% for tax reasons? How's that going to work? If you have several kids, do you need two parenting plans? Because you've got a little kid and a big kid, and maybe their time is different. But then it goes through all holidays And then there's blanks for holidays that might be important to that family that may not be included. And then do you share the actual holiday? Do you split the holiday? How do you
0: define the holiday? Yeah.
1: And and my favorite is mine. When I went through mine was how do you define Thanksgiving? So. Thanksgiving to me was that day, Thanksgiving day. But to dad, the very first year was, well, I'm off on Wednesday. So Thanksgiving is Wednesday all the way through Sunday night. So we had a little bit of a problem with that because, of course, we had some conflict, which is why I learned so much. But anyway, and so by having to define what day is Thanksgiving, and do we surround it with what time is Thanksgiving starting, et cetera? So again, the more there's disagreement, the tighter it has to be. And I will say this, court owners are only as good as people will follow them.
0: Well, right. <laughs> I want to come on to more about that in a minute. But I was thinking, too, I like your guideline about how much conflict there is in the relationship. But also, you know, your other parent better than your attorney does better than the court does better than anybody does. And, you know, having parented for a while, what are those trigger points where you disagree on things? Right. So I would say to people, you know, start making a list of those and those are the points that you need to thrash out to be in your parenting plan, because there've been points of disagreement in the few in the past.
1: Yeah. And of course, some people are surprised by the level of conflict after the breakup. So those are people that maybe need to really think about what could potentially happen. And they might need a professional to really help work through some of that stuff, whether it's in the mediation capacity or or someone else that can help do that. But, you know, if you can get the basics down as to who's in charge when and what do you do for holidays and off school days and weird days that the school takes off yeah. that might be a half a day or you know personal growth day or whatever it is. Those are the kind of things that in your face and then address the other stuff that may or may not be in an exact parenting plan. And that would be child support extracurricular activities? Is there a life insurance policy that needs to be designated for the children, for the other parent to have? You know, those are things that are all part of a specific plan that covers enough, but it doesn't mean parents won't have either a disagreement or that they don't need it because they can work together and solve it themselves.
0: Right. And um, I think to that point, it's helpful parenting plans are intended to be living documents. They're not quite the same as that document that divides up the assets, which is like a one and done thing, the core parenting plan, because, you know, you may be having young children now and what works for a five-year-old isn't going to work for a 12-year-old, isn't going to work for a 16-year-old. So I think parents need to go into this with the mindset. The plan is a living document. I do like to tell my parents that anytime they can agree to varying what's in the parenting plan is okay. They don't have to ask the court's permission first, maybe right. with the exception of child support, but they can do it. And nobody from the court is going to come knock on your door and say, I'm here to check to make sure that you're following your parenting plan.
1: Correct. So yeah.
0: it really is there as, as a living document that you, to guide you and to refer to in the times when you don't agree on things.
1: Right. Yeah. And I mean, I just got a an email from a parent saying, hey, quick question. But you know, that's never a quick question. But anyway, and she says, here's a copy of my court order about vacation. And it basically says that the fa- the mother and father each have two weeks vacation, but they can't have them together. They can only have seven days in a row. And the dad is insisting on getting like 21 days. He's figured out how to do that. Right. And so she goes, how do you interpret this? And I said, well. You know, I asked my husband, who's also an attorney, he agreed with me seven days is seven days. <laughs> but, you know, dad doesn't like that. So, you know, what so I tell people. He's tacking
0: on his regular parenting time to the vacation time. Yeah,
1: but it really can't go past seven days. So he really can't make it 21 days by saying, well, I got my seven of these times, you know. Yeah. So sometimes people like people who have difficulty, they like to reinterpret the court order, or some of the problems is a court order is sloppy. My yes. favorite, favorite thing that doesn't work <laughs> is when you say reasonable visitation and reasonable telephone calls. Oh, yes, For Somebody who's not reasonable. That's a problem. So, right.
0: Right. Yeah. Because those are ambiguous terms.
1: They're not specific. they yeah. What's reasonable to me is certainly not reasonable to you. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. So.
0: And reasonable people can disagree on what's reasonable. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So. So
0: I find there's a, a group of, well, let's, there's one provision I wanted to talk to you about. And that's um, in some cases, like certainly in Colorado, a right of first refusal in a parenting oh. plan is unenforceable. So, right of first refusal for our listeners is when you have parenting time, but let's say you have to go travel out of state on business or for a family emergency. And in your parenting plan, it says you will ask your other co parent, give them the option of additional parenting time first. So, in Colorado, that sort of provision, my understanding is it's not enforceable by the court, which meant that if you didn't offer your other parent, the choice of extra parenting time, and they went to court, the the court wouldn't enforce it. But that doesn't mean to say that that sort of provision shouldn't be in the parenting plan. I was thinking that it still is worth talking about and putting in because it sets out an intention, while not enforceable, it's still an intention between the parties. Well,
1: the ironic part is if you have two people that can work together then they can do anything they need to. And they'll, out of courtesy, reach out and say, hey, can you have the children? I'm going to be gone. And so reasonable people, if you want to use that word again, reasonable people, they can do it. And you know, what I know about the numbers in the court system is that it's anywhere between 25 to 40% of people that cannot do the child sharing without help and have conflict. But the rest of the people are mostly reasonable. When you do a mediation, for example, these are people that really believe they can find an agreement. So for those people, they can work out, hey, when I'm doing this or I change my schedule. But the right of first refusal, although I wish we had that rule in San Diego County, because that would probably stop a lot more conflict. But Sometimes they'll build in the amount of time that has to go by for someone to do right-of-first yes. refusal. But yes. I have a lot of people that are constantly freaked out by somebody saying, I'm gonna take you back to court because you, you know, we're off by a minute, or you know, you should be doing that. And that of course adds adds the angst. So that's something that every state, every county, and every couple are gonna have to work through based on their rules and if they're going to have more specific rules. Based based on their conflict versus cooperation. Right. And
0: again, I I just said, you know, it is still worth discussing it and putting it on the table and getting an intention.
1: Yeah. And, you know, in our court, when, when we do a mediation with people with our plan, our court plan, our parenting plan is what we call it, sometimes they will leave off certain things because between them, they know they'll work it out. For some people, when I know they're kind of angry with each other and we're doing a mediation, they're like, we're okay, here's the last thing before they pop, is to get something where we specify some of that in an agreement. And then they might even have an additional agreement that's not part of the court order that the two of them can then attach to the court order, the part that's enforceable, so that we spell out if we get stuck, if we disagree, if you need help, if I'm not available, what's the plan? So that's another thing too, to just decide whether you can do it individually or you need to actually get the courts um, get it put in the court.
0: Right. That's a good point. Dina, I have lots more questions for you, but we're going to take a short break right now. Yay! My guest today, listeners, is Dr. Dina Stasa, the director and facilitator of the High Conflict Intervention and Co-Parenting Program. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We'll be right back and do stay tuned for more strategies and tips from Dr. Dina on how to make sure your parenting plan helps you. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your rings from dusty relics of hard times to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, partner with Worthy. We're ready when you are. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about parenting plans. My guest today is Dr. Dina Stasa. She's the director and facilitator of the High Conflict Intervention and Co-Parenting Program, and Dr. Dina helps parents redirect their anger at the other parent toward helping and guiding their children. So before the break, we were just talking about unenforceable provisions, and I think in a similar vein, one of the other provisions I see is a disparagement provision, which is not necessarily unenforceable but it's really difficult to prove. And again, for our listeners, disparagement is talking ill of your other parent in front of the children. So it becomes difficult to prove in front of a court because how do you prove that somebody said something? That's, I think, referenced. Your husband would know Dr. Dina, but I think it's hearsay. (laughs) So, you know, it's really difficult to prove that. But, you know, does that mean that you shouldn't have a disparagement provision?
1: Well, unfortunately, you know, there are a lot of parents that well, there's two kinds of parents in the conflict world. And that is one parent that will follow the court order to the T and get frustrated because the other parent keeps making up their own version of it. And then there's the the parent that makes up their own version of it and wants to reinvent whatever that means and doesn't care about following the court order about disparaging. So so that's a common problem for parents where they're just freaked out. There's nothing I can say because I'm bound by this disparaging thing and he's doing this or she's saying those. And I always tell the parents, yeah, but they're not following the court order. And if you don't say something to help your children and there are specific ways you do it, you don't just come right out and say your dad as an idiot or your mother's stupid right but but in order to see that's going on if they're having a problem then there are there are strategies on how to help the children not buy into the version where kids feel like they have to make a decision take a side make a comment feel bad and then it ultimately gets down to the value they put on themselves i have a kid right now there's been so much more of that disparaging going on the la- the first time i talked to him he's under a blanket he's so messed up by the conflict Aww. so What I'll say to parents is, look, they're saying those things. And if you don't deal with it, you say, I'm going to take the high road. You actually reinforce that the parent is correct that's making those comments. So we do have to address it, but that doesn't mean you put stuff in writing. You go in terms of teaching kids differently, like using movies where people are being bad mouthing or commercials where they don't tell you the whole story about the dingleberry cocoa puffs that kids want to buy because you can't even pronounce all the stuff that's in it? Why do they only tell you this stuff in this commercial about why you should eat this stuff when they don't tell you the truth that it's probably rotten for you and there's nothing healthy about it. So using examples like that, helping the kids learn that not everybody tells the whole story. So there's things that I work so you're with saying on that.
0: Like when your child comes back and says, well, mom says that you don't care about us because you won't pay for this summer camp. Yeah rather than staying quiet, you can sit down and say, well, let's talk about that.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, and I yeah. usually use the eight steps of empathy. The first one is, ooh, ah, oh. And then you go, oh, wow, that must be really upsetting and confusing for you to wonder if that's true. So you start with that. Deal with it then. Let them tell you what's going on. And then just say, well, you know, I'm so sorry that you heard it that way. Here's the problem. Sometimes big people have to make decisions. And some of those decisions you should not have to be a part of or feel guilty about. Right. Right. I know one time, the funniest thing, one of the funny ones is a kid, a mom comes to my class and she goes, dad said to my four-year-old that I'm a witch. And You know, kid comes back, mommy, you're a witch. She goes, what do I do about that? And I said, I would have got out the paper and pens and had you draw witches all over the house. She goes, oh, so trying to lighten it up, but then deal with the real effort on one parent's part to do the poisoning or the disparaging. It is a hard thing. Like you said, you can't prove it unless somebody's dumb enough to put stuff in writing, which a lot of people do. But it's more about as a parent, helping your children get through those things because other people will say things about them as they grow. So it's really gets down to how you parent them around it.
0: Right. I just have to say with your comment about being a witch, I can't tell you how many times I've said to my clients, gosh, I wish I had a magic wand Um, (laughs) because then I would wave it and magic up more money or magic up this or magic up that and make the, the bad things go away. So yeah, yeah, I could have some fun with being a witch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a good um, witch. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, that would be my intention. <laughs> so I, I have another question here is, what? what's your advice when you want a certain topic covered by the plan? And I do have a suggestion here what it is, but your soon-to-be ex doesn't want to talk about it. So you know, one thing that comes up here for me often is introducing new intimate partners to the children. And oftentimes one party really wants that in the parenting plan. And the other party is saying, nope, no way, not interested. Don't want to talk about it. How, what, what would be your strategies or suggestions for how to handle that?
1: Well, you know it's probably not going to get resolved between the two parents um, without maybe some professional help, for example, one parent might already have somebody, another one might be saying, "I still want you back," and so there's some conflict over that. So trying to figure out whether there needs to be a mediation session or a or somebody can help sort through well, what could we say that would work, or can you guys agree? The behavior around, intram, you know, introducing a new person in your life for the kid's sake. And of course, I've had those discussions before and and somebody will say, yeah, but they didn't, they said, yes, lip service, but they just brought this parent in anyway. And so the parent has to kind of flex real quick and figure out what to do. So there are no ideal answers for people that can work together. They usually come up. We had, I mediated one time what we called the bunk bed couple. And this was a couple that they couldn't afford to move out. They didn't want to be together. They had a room with a separate ent- entrance. And dad and mom, because they could cooperate, they came up with how they were going to work through her bringing somebody to his place to her place their house in their room and then how they were going to work out stuff and so we called it the bunk bed couple piece. oh my gosh <laughs> anyway it worked because they couldn't afford to leave and then eventually of course they they got their own places they were okay with that now other people are like you are not going to bring your new beau into the house here right so of course it's all the level of you know why some people can cooperate and some can't which is a whole nother discussion <laughs> I don't know if I really answered the question, but it just depends on that person, I think, and how they have to deal with it.
0: So I'm also hearing at several points during our conversation, like working with a professional. Yeah. And I think too, it's like going back to what I had said earlier, when I first talked to people about parenting plans, they have no idea what's really in it. Right. And, you know, why would you, how would you? Yeah. So working with a professional gets you that advantage of somebody who knows, like, I always ask people, you know, are you going to travel internationally? And well, then if you're going to, then we need to put in stuff about approval of country and passports and visas, and then medical insurance and all
1: right. of that. Well, and special needs. What if you've got a child or two that has a special need? How do you deal with IEPs? And and you know, what if one parent refuses to acknowledge the child has a problem? So again, you have to get some help with professionals on one, because they've had more experience with these, so they have better ideas, they know what works, what doesn't work. And two, you may not even know what the pitfalls will be when you get there based on the fact you've never done this before.
0: Right. What's coming to mind there is is just a, a reminder for our listeners that it's their parenting plan though. So yep. go to a professional and get all the professional advice, but whatever the suggestion is or the provision like extracurricular activities, how you're going to handle approval or transportation to those, that has to be what works for you and your family. What's going right. to work for you and your family, not what yeah. the
1: mediator or the therapist serves. Right. A template that you have to follow.
0: (laughs) Right. It it, it is. I mean, even if there is a template, that is a starting place.
1: Yep. It helps you remember what you should put in there, but it certainly needs to be customized. Right. Um, Yeah. And
0: then what are your thoughts on updating parenting plans and like periodic reviews?
1: Well, if parents can get along, then they probably are okay to just morph into a new plan based on the change of kids' schools and age and who's driving and if there's medical issues and that kind of stuff. If parents can't get along, then they're usually in court and getting new orders anyway that attach to the new parenting plan. And they'll say something like all other orders to remain in effect. So unfortunately it is a living breathing document based on the level of conflict for people but if somebody knows, like, for example, we've had people where they got along pretty good and then something happened. Somebody got into a new relationship and that usually a guy gets into a new relationship and the he, he is in this relationship with a new woman. And then now we have conflict. And so that changes the dynamics on how to deal with child sharing and what happens. Like we just had a guy who was on a SEAL, a SEAL, and he got sent out and he was gone for two and a half months. And there has been conflict, and there's a stepmom, and the stepmom wants to have time with the daughter, but she's not legally entitled to it. There's court order doesn't specify if dad's not there. So there was like this going on yes. spinning. And so that has to be dealt with between maybe a professionals sometimes attorneys cuz they're the ones that are going to be able to help them write that court order or get a judge to make an order based on the confusion or the animosity.
0: Right. Wow. Yeah. We're almost up on time, but I was wondering if you had a because we've talked a lot about conflict and disagreement, but I'm wondering if there if you had a humorous story that you could share with us perhaps, I, is, is there a particular provision from a parenting plan that you found funny or entertaining?
1: I guess an interesting one. I don't know if it's funny, but maybe there are some, but it can't off the top of my head. I can't yeah. think. But one of them that was a weird provision was two parents. One was French and the other one spoke Pretty good English, <laughs> and I had to work with this couple, and I could not understand him on the phone. So I'd always have to go. Um, now we have Zoom, but I'd have to go meet with him. And the court order said basically that Dad had this specific time, Mom had this time, and then on every Friday the father could pick a child to have time with independently. So he was to trade off one. You know, he had two kids. One Friday was one the boy, and then the girl. Well, Mom always had a reason why she couldn't let him have his time. And so, um, I ended up getting involved and I had to do this whole thing. And he said to me, my family belongs in this. We have the, we own this home in the French chalet in France. And I haven't been able to go because I can't get that week from mom to go on vacation. So I ended up, I read 439 emails between the parents in a special program, Talking Parents or Family Wizard. I did that. And then I concluded that mom was the problem. It wasn't dad because dad had done everything he was supposed to according to court order. And so I made this recommendation that father would have his vacation time on that week for his kids. And that because of the conflict that they needed to do, they needed to have a very specific time to exchange because on Thanksgiving day, dad calls me and he goes, I just saw mom going down the driveway of the long driveway. And when I asked her, where are you going? Cause it's my turn to pick up the kids. She goes, I changed the place, go to the YMCA. So it was always something. So anyway, uh-huh. the mother ends up asking to depose me my husband represents me we decide that that every time i don't know for sure whether the question is something i can answer how that i have to go to the bathroom so I get up and go to the bathroom like six different times. And the person that's deposing me, the attorney finally says, are you done going to the bathroom? And I said, it depends on the question you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> so it ended up the dad got his time. But at that same time of the deposition, mom got in my face and said, you don't know who you're messing with. And she ended up losing the whole thing and, and eventually walked away from her kids. But oh. it was one of those high consequences conflict where there was some funny moments in there. And Hi. I laughed because my husband would go to the bathroom with me, not really, but we'd go down the hall and talk. And she said, well, it just depends uh, what questions you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of you know negotiating some of that stuff. I hope that was funny enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Well, and I've also seen um, maybe a growing tendency is like, once we've done with the kids, we move on to the pets and especially dogs. And essentially, you're covering, maybe you don't cover religious education or education with the dogs, but yep. you're
1: covering visitation. parenting
0: time, visitation, and then medical decision making and medical yeah. expenses and food for the dogs. And then, right of first refusal when somebody's going on vacation. So it really, yep. then I see like, the dogs getting their own parenting plan almost. Yep.
1: There was a huge custody fight years ago over the dog. So, and it wasn't to keep the dog. It was to decide if the dog was dangerous to the child. So, you know, it was, it. and so then there became a whole court order about the dog's behavior. So yes, there's common stuff like that because why not keep the conflict going in every way? <laughs> Some people are addicted to the conflict, which is why we have ongoing problems anyway. So, so
0: Well, Dr. Dina, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure once again to talk to you. Thank you. I I loved it. I'm glad I could talk. Great. And listeners, our guest today was Dr. Dina Stasa. Dina is the director and facilitator of the High Conflict Intervention and Co-Parenting Program. You'll find all Dr. Dina's contact information in the show notes, including the link to her online co-parenting education classes. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is a selling partner with an online auction platform designed to help you sell your jewelry, such as an engagement ring or wedding set. When you decide to send your ring, Worthy takes care of the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely at our New York office. Once your jewelry arrives, the team at Worthy professionally cleans and photographs it before sending it out to a grading lab. All of these steps are designed to maximize your price in Worthy's online auction, where hundreds of buyers compete for your piece. One of the best parts of selling with Worthy is that you are completely in control. You'll work with Worthy's team to set a reserve price before the auction starts, keeping you in control of how much your ring sells for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we will send your ring back to you and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. And for a limited time, Our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to Worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us this podcast is for you. So reach out to us at podcast at worthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. We look forward to hearing from you. And you can also find more episodes at worthy.com forward slash podcast.